Praise God. I want to preach to you today what I feel the Lord has impressed and laid upon my heart and given to me to say to this wonderful audience here today. God bless you all for being so faithful to come to church. Somebody didn't need to call you on a rainy day and say, hey, it's time to go to church. You just knew, hey, I need to be in the house of the Lord and I need to hear the word of the Lord. I need to worship God. Everybody say amen. Back in the mezzanine, y'all say amen. Get everybody on board around here. Across the front, y'all say amen. Amen. Across the back, everybody say amen. Praise God. Sounds like everybody's, amen, ready to hear the word of the Lord, awake and to lift up the name of the Lord. Well, I want to preach to you today what I certainly feel led of the Lord to preach to this church today, and it's something that has blessed us so much in this church, and it won't be hard for you to guess what I'm going to preach. I've probably already given it away to you, amen, before I tell you, but that is that wonderful thing called prayer. Amen. You got it. Hallelujah. 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 Thank God for prayer. Somebody say prayer. prayer. Amen. Thank God for the blessing that it has been to the First Pentecostal Church. And I appreciate you people because I tell you what's happened. You have provoked a lot of other churches to begin prayer. A lot of my wonderful friends, uh, they have begun praying at their church and opening the doors for daily prayer. And it's come about through what they have seen here and seen through you. And uh, I want us to go farther than we have in the past. Hallelujah. God promised Solomon, and I want to give you the, the promise that he gave him in Second Chronicles 7 and 12. The Bible said, The Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer. Isn't that wonderful when God hears our prayer? Then he said, I've chosen this place to myself and a house for a house of sacrifice. He said, I want to tell you this, Solomon, I make you this promise if, if, if I shut up the heaven, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face, and it's more than just prayer. There's a lot of people believe in prayer, but listen to the rest of the promise. Turn. Everybody say turn. Turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. What a beautiful and a wonderful promise God made to Solomon. Solomon, if you pray, if my people, thank God that's passed down to us today because we are his people. We're called by his name. Thank God for baptism in Jesus' name. Amen. People that are baptized in his name, if they'll humble themselves and pray and seek his face and then turn away from what they're being have been doing. Then he said, I'm going to hear from heaven. I'll forgive your sin. I'll heal your land. There'll be victory in the house. Everybody say victory in the house. Jesus spoke to us about prayer. He said, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. 
For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. And of what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Thank God for the promise. Now, he just made us a promise. He said, he that seeketh is going to find, and he that knocketh it's going to be open, and he that asketh receiveth. Thank God for the promises of prayer. Luke 18 and 1, Jesus said, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that man ought always, everybody say always. You are to always pray. That's the reason that people faint is because they fail to pray. Amen. He said, if you will pray, then you will not faint. James spoke about prayer and wrote about prayer and and then God impressed upon him, and he said, Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that ye may be healed. He said, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed. How did he pray? He prayed earnestly. Everybody say earnestly that it may not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And then he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. The apostle Paul wrote about prayer. He said, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And then he said he's got to believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Everybody say diligently. Amen. He's given us how to pray, not just the importance of prayer, but he has given us that we need to seek him diligently. And then the words effectual and the word fervent prayer of a righteous man will avail much. Thank God for the wonderful, marvelous power of prayer that's been open to us. What a wonderful thing that God has done, amen, allowing us to have this communication. I said last Sunday, the Lord just made it alive at the end of the prayer service last Sunday evening to those that had gathered for prayer is, do you know of any other way to communicate between here and heaven? Do you know of any other way? Have you ever read about any other way? Does AT&T have a way? Has anybody ever figured out a way to communicate from this earth to heaven and reach the heavens. Amen. There is none. There is no other way. The only way that we know of is to bow on our knees and talk to God and seek the Lord. Thank the Lord for the revelation. Did you know these things are revelations to you? Did you know that God touches the heart? You're moved through your emotions usually first and then you begin to have the revelations. Amen. You came to a Pentecostal church and you were touched and moved by conviction. You may have been a child. Certainly a child does not understand all these wonderful mysteries in the kingdom of God. They're just a child and they understand as a child and they come and they feel their need to pray and repent and they repent and pray and they get the Holy Ghost and then over a period of time 
that grew up in church and you learn about these things. You have this God-given revelation that the Lord has given to you that you can see. Thank God for them. Thank God for the revelation of baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the, have you had the revelation yet? Have you had the revelation that Peter was the man that had the keys to the kingdom? Can you see it? Can you understand that Peter had the keys to the kingdom of heaven. It does not matter what Dr. So-and-so said. It does not matter what Pastor Joel Holmes says. It does not matter what anybody on this earth says. What matters is what the book said. The man that had the keys to the kingdom, he gave us the plain, wonderful plan of salvation. Oh, I want God to embed it in the heart of this church that you would never be confused. It doesn't matter how long you live, whatever you face, that you will understand one thing, and that is the plan of salvation. If I don't do anything else for you while you're in this church, and while I'm preaching and you're under this ministry, I hope one thing I do for you, that I put it in your heart. That's the only way that anybody on this earth can ever be saved, is to obey what the apostle Peter said to do. Thank God. Come on, everybody respond to the Holy Ghost today. Come on, let God touch every heart in this house today. Why don't everybody put your hands together? That'll be some response. Oh, yes. Come on. Yes, Lord. Oh, God, I believe you in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank God for the truth and thank God for that beautiful revelation that God has given to us. Amen. That it is repentance. Hallelujah. We must be obedient to what Peter said. He had the keys to the kingdom and God said, I'm going to bind on earth and it's going to be bound in heaven. And it, today, I do not want to leave you without telling you what Peter said when they came to him and they asked him and they were the first ones to ever ask the question, and that is, how do I get in the church? How do I enter into the kingdom of God? And then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and to all them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Thank you, Lord, for letting me preach it again. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Don't stop short of repenting. Don't stop short of getting baptized in the only saving name, not a title, but in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. Don't stop short of doing what Brother Gonzalez did Monday morning. Stand up, Brother Gonzalez. Amen. Brother Gonzalez has been a very sick man. We've been burdened and praying for him. Hallelujah. Thank God, he, I believe he went back to work this past Tuesday. Amen, doing better. Hallelujah, but he'd been coming here. How many years y'all been coming, Brother Gonzalez? How many years? Seven years have been coming, praying off and on for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, but thank God, Monday morning, standing in my office, my son and I praying over him, Holy Ghost came on him and he began to speak in tongues. 
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, everybody. Come on, everybody. Come on, everybody, be a participator today. Ah, yes, come on. Come on. Put the old enemy right under your feet today. We came to praise him and to worship him and to be refreshed and to be renewed in our spirit. We didn't come for a formal Pentecostal Sunday morning service. We come to glorify the King and exalt his name. You can be seated. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And this is the burden of my heart today that the Lord impressed upon me. And this is what God spoke to me when I came up here on Thanksgiving morning to pray. And it was this this thought, and it's just been burning in my spirit, the tragedy of not praying. The tragedy of not praying. It's a tragic thing when people never have that revelation. And the only way you can have the revelation is somebody to preach it to you. So that's what I got called to do. Amen. By the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach it to you again. Amen. And I hope God just burns it in your spirit afresh again that you have a vision of it and understanding that the wonderful benefit of getting to pray and it would be a tragedy today for you to not learn how to pray. I'm going to tell you what it needs to be. It needs to be at the top of the list. It doesn't need, well, if I get around to it, I'm going to tell you the devil of your soul will see that you never get around to it. He will see that you never get an opportunity to pray if you're just planning on praying sometime. But I'm going to tell you, whenever it goes to the top, and I know your day does like my day, sometime they take off before I'm ready for them to take off, and I've got to deal with that. And I don't have opportunity to pray like I want, and I don't have time to prepare my day like I want to, to prepare it. But I want to tell you, by the help and grace of God, I still, it's always in my mind the rest of the day. Brother, I'm going to get somewhere before this day is over. I'm fixing to get on my knees. I'm fixing to cry out to my God. I'm going to talk to him. Amen. Lord, it's out of control. There's needs and there's things that's popped up. And there's things I've, I've run too late. I've overslept. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, a little slumber and a little sleep. Amen. It's not a whole lot. Sometimes it's just that little bit the devil talks us into. (laughs) That's right. And I think over the whole scope of things, now this is an ongoing discussion that my wife and I have, but I think over the scope of the day and uh, of the whole time you sleep, it doesn't make that much difference. Amen. Whether you cut it off and lose 30 minutes or, or not. Hallelujah. Y'all on my side or y'all on hers? Sound like you're on hers. Amen. I don't think it makes that much difference. Well, hallelujah. Well, are we having church yet? Somebody wake up around this house. The devil's still a liar. 
Thank God, Brother Gonzalez. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You know what I'm believing today? We're going to get a fresh focus and we're going to start a new year. And here we've got, thank God, almost a whole month to practice. I'm getting ready for the new year. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Get some practice time before the new year gets here. When the new year hits, we're already on track and the devil's not going to stop us. We're going to run over him like a train running over a... Hey, I feel victory in the house. Somebody's going to make up their mind today, I'm not going to live in defeat. I'm not going to live depressed no more. I'm going to quit letting life ride me. As Brother Von Morton says, but I'm going to put the saddle on life and I'm going to ride life a while. I'm going to ride life. I'm going to spur life. Instead of life always spurring me, I'm fixing to spur it back. You lying devil. Hey man, we rebuke you in Jesus' name. At the end of the prayer service over in the, the men and the ladies that gather on Sunday morning, what a good time that is. And you know what? That will always ensure that you're never late for church. If you'll come pray for the pastor and over the pastor, which we have over in the great hall, you won't never be late when we start here at 1030. Isn't that a good reason? I give you many reasons to come. It's good. Sisters, gather over there. And sisters, I appreciate you so much that you'd gather and pray for the pastor. Lord in heaven knows I need it, and I appreciate it very humbly. Thank you so much. But at the end of that prayer meeting, the Lord impressed upon my heart. We always... You know, rejoice about the victory of David, how he slew the giant. Tremendous. How many times have you, we've all been blessed by that story and our faith isn't inspired because here's a little boy walks out against a mighty, mighty man that all the nation of Israel is afraid of. But let me tell you, there are giants every day in our life that you could walk out and slay. And if you don't slay, they're going to get you. There's drug giants, there's cigarette giants, there's lust giants, there's cold and lukewarm giants, Laodicean giants, laid back Christians, cool, lukewarm in their spirit. Brother, you can walk out every day and say, I'm fixing to whip that giant today. I'm fixing to stretch him out today. I'm gonna win this battle today. I feel the Holy Ghost in the house. I feel like somebody's going to get a touch from the Lord and get a deliverance and uplifted in their spirit and a new fresh hope on this thing. Amen. The enemy's been lying to you and telling you, you can't live victorious, but you can live victorious. It's the will of God for his church to be victorious and not defeated. Everybody give the Lord a hand clap of thanksgiving for it.
Hey man, it's a tragedy not to pray. Isaiah saw it and he said, everyone that thirsteth come ye to the waters. He that hath no money, come ye buy, eat, yea. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken, listen diligently, he said unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, come unto me here, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of old brother David. And everybody say, thank you, Jesus. Isaiah said, this is what God will do for you. He said, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. And then Solomon said that people would cry and they would pray someday, but God would not hear their cry. That's why Isaiah said, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Why you've got opportunity, to go, why you've got gas money to put in that car and go to the house of prayer. Come on and let's pray. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Amen. Then Jesus stood in almost the very same words from the book of Isaiah. He stood, the Bible said, on that great day of the feast. He watched those people go through rituals and not feel anything. And Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers <laughs> of living, not stagnated water. That's the tragedy of not praying. It's, it's a stagnated testimony. It's a stagnated sermon. It's a stagnated song when people don't pray. And it's a stagnated church when people does not pray. There is no living water. Now, you may like stuff that's dead, but I don't want to be nowhere around anything that's dead. I want to be where there's life in the songs and life in the preaching and life in the testimonies and life in the worship. God, and that's the tragedy of no prayer. Listen, as Jesus stood that day and he looked over Jerusalem, he said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together? And then he used the illustration, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. I wanted to. I wanted to get you under my wing and protect you and take care of you and carry you through all the trials and the ups and downs and the heartaches and the problems and the sicknesses and the surprises and all the things that you would deal with, but you wouldn't get up under my wing. I will tell you where that wing's at. It's in prayer. It's a tragedy. I'm going to tell you it's a tragedy when a pastor does not pray. Let me start on him first. It's a tragedy because he becomes carnal. He's not led by the Holy Ghost. He makes bad decisions. And guess where he has to get his sermons? He has to either listen to somebody else's tapes or he has to get him a book of uh, uh, tape sermons to preach out of. There's never no fresh manna and no anointing of the Holy Ghost. It's sad. 
it's a whole lot more easier to read some sermon and read some book and figure out something and just come up with something than it is to dig through prayer and pray until God lays something up on your heart. But brother, there is a huge difference. Some of it has vitamins and minerals, protein and all the things you need. And the other is just something like cardboard. Amen. It's kind of like these packages, cookies and things. You ever bought one? My, 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 your mouth's watering. You can't hardly wait to get outside the store to open the package to eat the goodies. And when you get through, you wish you'd eat the sack. You were so disappointed because it was so tasteless and how fooled you were. They can make the package look better than the substance. some substance around here, Lord. I feel glory in the house. I feel the devil right under our feet. I feel a church marching on victorious, conquering, winning battles. I feel like singing, I would not be denied. Ezekiel, he rebuked the shepherds of Israel. Let me tell you what a picture he painted. He said, seeth it a small thing unto you. He was talking to the shepherds or the pastors to have eaten up the good pasture, but ye must tread down with your feet the residue of your pasture. He asked a question. Do you have to walk around on the pasture and, and, and beat it down? And to have drunk of the deep waters, but ye must foul the residue with your feet. And then he said, the flock, for as for my flock, they eat that which ye have trodden with your feet. And they have to drink from that that ye have fouled with your feet. In other words, shepherds, you, it's not fresh. He meant it's something beaten down that the flock eat from. And then the water that they'd have to drink from, they're having to drink from that that it has been defiled by your very feet. Oh God, help us today, Lord. Well, that's enough about pastors. Amen. Tired of preaching to myself, but it's still right. And I still felt in the Holy Ghost to tell you, it is a tragedy when a pastor does not pray. One reason I will say that, just in case you ever go somewhere else and you discover you end up somewhere where the pastor's not praying, you'll find out that you are in a mess. Because there's no way a church can be a church without a praying shepherd. The water's gonna be muddy. That's their personality and their spirit getting involved. You know the reason you people accept the preaching like you do and respond so good? is because you've got faith in my life and my walk with God. That's right. (laughs) 
But I'm going to tell you what, there's a lot of things I want to guard, but I, that's one thing on the top of the list I want to guard is my life. And that's what I've challenged my son to do. Live your life blameless. Try to get it where nobody can get their finger on you. And I want to tell you, that's not a good challenge just for a pastor. That's a good challenge for every saint in this house. <laughs> now, when I was putting that shoe on my foot, y'all responded pretty good. But when I turned it around and slipped it on your foot, to live your life where nobody can get their finger on it is a big, big challenge. It's a tragedy when a church don't pray. David asked the question, Psalms 11 and 3, if the foundations be destroyed, and I always think about these young people when I read this or see this. <laughs> if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? What can the little innocent children and young people do when grandpas and grandmas are not living like they are to be living? That's the foundation of the church. The elders of the church in this house today, we're here to be the pattern. We're here to be the example for them to follow. And when the very foundation is messing up and they're carnal and cold and they're trapped by Hollywood and the world and television and sin and ever abominable little God in this world, what do you think these young people are going to do? They're looking up to us and they're saying, oh, Surely somebody's doing it right. Surely somebody's living right. Surely somebody's walking right. Surely somebody is not living two lifestyles. Am I right, young people? Am I right? Does it mean anything to you to have faith and confidence in the elders of this church and to believe the elders of this church are for real and genuine and they're living the life and they're walking with God? Can I hear an amen out of the young people? Sure. Amen. It's a tragedy when a church does not pray. Because when a church does not pray, it means the foundation is decaying. It means the foundation of that whole church is in trouble. Because remember, when you don't pray, every carnal thing in this world gets in. Now, let's all be honest. Everybody's living on something. When you take prayer and spirituality out, what, something's got to fill the vacuum. What fills it? Carnality, the world, the lust of the world. Hey, man, seeps in. I'm going to tell you the pressure of this world is great against the church today. But it, it, it is even, it's not even a challenge when you pray. <laughs> you know what you do? You laugh at the world. You laugh at the gods of this world. You're so glad you're delivered. You don't see nothing good about them. You don't hear nothing good about them. 
Their songs don't sound good. That's right. I was in a place of business the other day and they had the radio blasting and I felt sorry for the poor people. It was some song about guy that lost his sweetheart. How blue he was and how terrible life was because she was gone. Amen. I thought you poor people. Who could put up with that racket all day long? I don't know how people put up a racket all day, any kind of racket all day. Man, hallelujah. It's a tragedy when a church does not pray. All the things of the world, Laodicean comes in and takes over. It's a tragedy when people do not pray. Let me just give you some points and I'm coming to an end. You don't have focus. When you don't pray, you don't have focus. (laughs) You don't have direction. (laughs) You're like a man on a journey, but you don't have a map. You don't know where you're going. You're just traveling. You're like a builder, but you don't have any plans. I build like that. It's pretty confusing. I'm telling you, we're just in the middle of, as I guess most of y'all know, remodeling our house. Oh, Lord, whatever got us into that. But my brother gave me some wisdom. He said, brother, do you realize that there'd be very few things sold or changed if it wasn't for women? Now, I didn't expect y'all to laugh. But the more you think about it, but a builder without a plan, like a ship without a compass, it's like a beautiful, shiny, expensive car and everybody's bragging on it and you lift the hood and it doesn't even have a motor in it. It's like a beautiful home beautiful and gorgeous on the outside and you walk in and there's two before standing everywhere and there's no floor in it. That's what a life is like without prayer. (laughs) It's a shell. It's so empty. Their testimonies are empty. Everything is empty. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'll tell you what, the difference between praying and not praying, it's like stumbling or flying. It's like running or walking. Isaiah saw it, and he wrote it down for us where I could give it to you this morning. But they that wait upon the Lord, they that pray, shall renew their strength They shall mount up with the wings of an eagle. They shall run, and they're not even weary. They shall walk, and they not faint. Well, have I convinced anybody today on prayer? 
You wanna fly? You wanna run? You wanna walk? Wait upon the Lord a little while in the morning. Renew your strength. Then you're gonna mount up with wings as an eagle. You're gonna run. I'm so weary. No, you don't have to be weary. If you would get refreshed in the Holy Ghost, you would not be one bit weary. Brother Holmes, you don't know the trial. You don't know what they said about me. That would be the least of your worries, what they said about you. If you had a Holy Ghost prayer meeting and prayed through and talked in tongues, it just kind of tickled you that they were thinking about you. Well, isn't that amazing? They're thinking about me. <laughs> Pretty good. Well, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. There's nothing like this praying. The world will look different. Life will look different. Your companion will look different. Your problems will look smaller. And your victories will look greater. Oh, God, let me convince every new convert that's prayed through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Let me convince you in this prayer today that you make a commitment. I'm going to pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to seek him. I'm going to walk with him. Hallelujah. You know, the reason people don't pray is because they're short on faith. If you truly believe that prayer works, you, it would be an absolute must in your life. I got to have it. Reason people don't pray is because it's deferred rewards. You pray today and everything's the same. Same problems, same mountains. And you say, I rebuke you, mountain, cast into the sea. And you come back the next day and the mountain's standing there. And you just go right back at that mountain again. I rebuke you and I cast you in the sea. And the mountain's still there. And you just keep on praying against the mountain. And that's when the lighthearted and those of little faith, oh, God ain't going to do nothing for me. He does it for Sister Holmes, and he does it for a few people, but he ain't going to do it for me. That is a lie the devil told. Young men, you can have anything you want from God if you will be persistent, consistent, fervent, in your prayers and be determined in your spirit. Don't give up on those children. Don't give up on those grandchildren. Don't give up on anybody. How well do you know the story, but 60 years my mother prayed against a mountain. It was called Rubel Holmes Mountain. Buddy, I'm going to tell you, there ain't nobody in this world ever been tougher than that man was. Amen. 
But I'm going to tell you, prayer will cave the mountain in. I want to remind you someday you will trade every prayer, every time you come to the church, every time you cry. You will trade every prayer and gladly do it for that one victory. Now, there's going to be many, many victories, but just think about that one victory. Church, how well do you know the story? It's here. We started praying at number 152nd places. That's three churches back. We wasn't praying God give us anything. We just praying because we loved him and we knew the importance of praying. And the side benefits to praying is God gave us 1401 Calvary. That's right next door. And we kept praying in that building. We wasn't dreaming of this. We wasn't praying God give us a bigger church. Well, were any of y'all doing that? I wasn't praying that. Hey, man, I said, Lord, have mercy. We've, this, is, this, is, this is the end of the road. I mean, this is, this is good enough. Amen. We've arrived, and we were just praying. But we didn't stop praying. Crawling up under pews praying. Getting my head up under the pew. I remember one of the, one of the big answers came one day when I was laying. I could believe I could take you. Of course, the concrete's been poor, re-poured, and, and uh, the floor's been leveled over in the great hall. But I think I could take you almost to the place where I was at. Amen. And one of the big answers came that day. Hallelujah. About when the Lord had burdened us about this church and building this where I was laying praying and Sister Kennedy come in there and said somebody wants you on the phone and I knew she didn't ever come to get me when I was praying and church that is a special time now there are times that people need to be interrupted but I'm going to tell you you need to weigh that and be careful I mean remember when you got George Bush on the line, somebody shouldn't come up just wanting to visit and interrupt the phone call. Hey, the president's on the line. I'm talking to the president. Now, there may be times that they would need to be interrupted, but just need to weigh all that, right? Amen. When you see somebody praying, just remember they got the king of king on the lines. Just be careful. You may need to tell them. But that day they, and I got up and went to the phone, and it was a big answer that I'd been praying and seeking the Lord, and, and it just came that day. What a mighty God we serve. Oh, Jesus. Just the side benefits of praying is unbelievable. Amen. I'm, I, I, I'm closing. I mean, I'm really closing. I mean, it's, it's uh, three minutes after 12. Amen. But y'all, just, just wait just a minute. Brother Strayster, I'm still preaching here today. You helping me? Amen. Appreciate that. Thank you, Jesus. But I've got, I'm going to give you seven reasons. And then, uh, just so happened, it worked out where I've got all this printed up. That's right. 
Sister Georgia printed it up, all these scriptures and uh, some of these subtitles. And when you leave today, start out the doors, the ushers are going to have them, and you can take them home. And you can read these scriptures again. That's right. Hallelujah, hallelujah. This is, a, this, is a, this is a Walmart church, brother. Amen. We don't want to cheat you out of anything. We want you to get your money's worth when you come here. Praise God. First reason, first reason, Isaiah said it and Jesus said it, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Amen. Now, I know everybody can't live within the shadow of the church, but you are to pray about trying to live within the shadow of the church. Because you're going to need to frequent the church a lot. Well, everybody say glory. When, you, when, when you're coming to the house of prayer, remember, you're doing the will of God. That's a reason. Second reason, he's taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. You're receiving your daily bread. Third reason, he's said that if you were going to follow him, you'd need to take up your cross daily and follow him. You're fulfilling that. Fourth reason to come, I like what David said, blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. Amen. How are you going to receive your benefits package if you don't pray? How are you going to get loaded down with not troubles. Think about, think about, think about, think about, think about saints in this church going out every day. Woo! Y'all sure are loaded down. I know it. We've got more benefits than we can carry. Now you're talking about messing with people's head on the job and the places where you work. It's when you go out there with that kind of positive attitude. Do you think anybody wants to join a church where people are sad and mad and fussing and acting like children? Who wants to be a part of that? People wants to join a church where people are happy and excited and they're in love with Jesus. They're loaded down with benefits. Are you going to get your benefit package in the morning? And this is probably one of the most important reasons to pray is because the Bible said, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Church, listen to me today. When you pray and people know that you pray, whatever success and victories you have in your life Guess who gets the credit? Everybody say it. What do they say? They say that man prays. That's the reason he's doing so good. He prays. Well, I'm going to tell you something. We serve a jealous God. And if you stop God's glory on you, you're going to have a mad God. But when people know that you're praying, they say, well, it's not him. It's God doing that. And I just have a feeling that God wants to do some more for people. 
when he gets all the glory. Can I hear an amen? Sixth reason. Just one more to go after this now. Hold on. Reason to come to prayer meeting. The Bible said if you will, would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. What is he saying? When you come to prayer meeting, you're judging yourself. You're judging your spirit. Lord, why can't I touch you? Lord, is there anything? Have I done anybody wrong? See, you can get so big and going so good that you step on other people. You didn't even know you was doing it. Like getting in bed with an elephant. All he's got to do is roll over on you and your history. That's right. But I'm going to tell you what. God holds the big boys more accountable. Well, hallelujah. You better go back tracking them shorts and figuring out what, 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 what's going wrong here, Lord. I don't want to hurt nobody. Because the Bible said if you would offend one of the least of these, he said it'd be better that a millstone, that's that big old stone that grinds the corn, friend, that the oxen pushed around with all their weight, that big old stone. He said it'd be better for that to be tied around your neck and you cast into the sea than you'd go around hooking everybody and jabbing everybody. <laughs> Is everybody all right around here today? Amen. Jesus, I don't know how I've ever felt so good preaching and seemed like others felt so blue. I don't, don't nobody blue, have I? Amen. The last reason, and this is a beautiful reason to pray, is that you learn how to pray and you change gears in prayer. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Then the Apostle Paul, stand with me if you will. The Apostle Paul said, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? He said, I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with my other understanding also. And then Jude said, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. What a good God we serve. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for letting me deliver my soul. What a tragedy when people don't pray. Of all the regrets in life you'll have, I think that one will be at the top of the list. When you come to the end, if you fail to carve you out some time, and isn't it wonderful how God will give people time? And you know what? I want to tell you something. I think it's the way to financial blessing, success, 
I think it's the way to, uh, to uh, being to early retirement is to say, Lord, I want to go pray. God hadn't done what he's done in your life for no reason at all. He's done what he's done in your life. And you better get the message and start saying, what shall I render unto the Lord for all these benefits? Amen. It's not, give me some more, God. It's, God, you've done so much for me. Let me give back something to you. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. What a tragedy. What a tragedy when people don't pray. When it's not very high on their priority list. It's like the little car that they sell at the toy store. The wheels flip around underneath it when it hits a wall or hits something it, the wheels turn it just backs up and goes another direction till it hits again backs up and goes another direction till it hits again that is a life without prayer but I'm going to tell you when you're praying you're marching when you're praying you're going forward when you're praying you're overcoming hallelujah and don't let the devil lie to you because you prayed and nothing, you seem like nothing happened. You know what, do? Just get more stubborn. Just grit your teeth a little more and say, devil, you're a liar. Hey, man, I will not stop. Hey, I will not stop. I am determined to pray, and I am determined to walk with you, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, come on, church. Hallelujah. All over this house, all over this place right now, Amen. I'd like for you to just make a commitment in your heart. Lord, I'm going to renew my prayer life. I'm going to refresh it. Amen. I'm going to make a new start. I'm going to have a new determination. Come on, young people. Whatever you want to see God do in your life, those children you want to see saved, grandchildren, why don't you make up in your mind every day of my life. Amen. If God will allow me, I'm going to come to this house. I'm going to pray. Amen. I'm going to pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Amen. As you leave today, not only the scriptures I've used, some of the notes, but uh, there's some little card sizes made, printed up, that will fit in your pocket that you can take with you. On them. There's three lines, and uh, I just challenge you today. I had felt to preach on prayer back Wednesday night before last, and I had started my message, but I got with the first scripture, and that was as far as you know the Holy Ghost fell. Amen. Brother Nick here got the Holy Ghost, got baptized in Jesus' name, and I didn't get to preach on prayer, but I had those cards already made up and it's what it is it's to challenge you between now and December the 31st when we have our uh, our New Year's Eve service which we'll be having again foot washing communion great time I want you to take those cards 
and I want you to put on it. I'd like for you to put two things that you have faith that God can do. And on the third line, I'd like you to put something that you don't even have faith. You don't even really believe that God would do that for you. You know he can, but you don't really have faith for it. And uh, what do you say? Let's just focus on those three between now and New Year's Eve and, and see what the Lord would do and see what testimonies that could be given between now and then. Would you do that? Take the cards with you, put them in your pocket, look at them every day, pray over them every day. Amen. There's a place for you to sign your name and say, I'm going to commit to praying over this. Unsaved child, whatever it is, put their name on there. Say, God, I want to see you do it. Financial, whatever, whatever need there is in your life. Amen. In Jesus' name. What a mighty God we serve. God bless you. Shake hands with somebody. And tell them it's been good being in the house of the Lord. In Jesus' name. Shall we?